0: Can you teach kindness? My guest for this episode not only believes that you can, she is dedicating her work to building a curriculum around it. My name is Ali Hill and this is Standout Life, a podcast dedicated to living boldly amongst the busyness and the mess of our world. As a psychologist, I know the power of pausing, of carving out space to truly connect with others and to share our story. And that is the magic of this podcast. Today, I connect with a returning guest, the incredible Kath Cashel. Kath's story is remarkable. It is so big, in fact, that we've already dedicated an episode, episode 83, to unpacking it. And if you haven't had the chance to tune into that episode yet, make sure you do. Either pause this one and go and listen to episode 83 or after you've listened to this episode, go back and listen to episode 83 because it will make this episode even more remarkable once you understand what Kath has been through. Kath is on a mission to share and spread the message of the power of kindness. She does this through her charity, The Kindness Factory. With everything around us feeling hard and uncertain, kindness is the thing that reconnects us to our humanity. We've all been on the receiving end of it, We've all had the opportunity to give kindness and yet it's not something we often keep front of mind. Sharing this message with school students far and wide, Kath has realised the need to show and to scale how can we do kindness both in the small ways and in the large ways. In this episode, we unpack not only the amazing work that she's currently doing in rolling out curriculums across education sectors all across Australia and and also internationally. We also unpack what does kindness mean when it comes to standing up for the hard things. Kindness isn't soft and fluffy. It can be the courage to say no, call out important changes such as racism, sexism and bullying. I know that your heart is going to be encouraged as you hear about the role that kindness can play in reconnecting us to our humanity, from the amazing Kath Cashel. Kath, welcome back. Thanks. Thanks for
1: having me. (laughs) Oh,
0: it's so great to be connecting with you again. Um, I feel like... Uh, you know, we've told your story and it's such a powerful story. And anyone who's listening who maybe hasn't heard it, we'll put all the links to uh, the previous episode. So to be able to have you come back and really dive into kindness, what it means, how we can teach our kids, how we can put it into place seems really uh, I'm excited by it, but it's also timely. So we're sitting here in the middle of um, what has been a tumultuous few months Uh, personally, from a business point of view, individually, homeschooling, kids, all the rest. um, I just want to start with a simple question on how are you going? How's it been for you?
1: Yeah, I mean I'm okay. It's um it's been it certainly has, you know, it. it's been a tumultuous time since sort of March, I guess. So um normally I'd be gallivanting around the world sharing my story and doing all those sorts of things, but I suppose I've welcomed the change um or the slower pace that um that covid has has brought me and it's allowed me to, to get really focused on on the rollout of this curriculum, which I, I genuinely believe is the most important thing that I'll ever do. So um, that's been amazing to be able to get that focus and to be able to sort of get it, I guess, or give it the wings to fly out and, and test it and see how it goes and things like that. But certainly the last two weeks, I guess, with everything going on in the world from a, a racial standpoint has sort of stopped me in my tracks and given me a lot of time to do some some really deep thinking. Um I guess, about who I am as a person but also uh, what kindness factory stands for as well. But, um, yeah, it's a it's a really interesting time and a really sad time um, as well, um, what's going on in the world. But I'm, I'm managing really well. I'm doing really good. I'm doing all the little things that, um, that fill up my bucket, like making sure I exercise and eat well and all that kind of stuff as well. So, yeah, but thanks for asking. It's
0: interesting how those, uh, you know, the key things that really matter start to rise to the top and almost feel like it's a collective resetting and a recalibration, all the habits that we used to do, everything we just kind of did, took for granted, um, are now on the table and we get a chance to kind of stop and, and reassess them. Um I definitely want to have a chat to you a bit later on around the last two weeks and certainly some of the, you know, the heavy and really critical and important conversations around race and privilege and what that means and and where you've been sitting on that. But through kind of COVID-19 and through challenges, one of the things that does rise to the top is the kindness of each other and the kindness of strangers. And and certainly this has been your message long before a global pandemic kind of hit. Uh, What are some of the ways that you've seen and heard, and no doubt, you know through the kindness factory you would have seen people put up their their random acts of kindness would have been some of those acts that you've you've seen in this period
1: oh I mean there's been some absolutely phenomenal things happen we uh, as you said I, I guess I've been in this area of, of of work now for the best part of five years so sort of packed up my life and pursued what I thought was the, the right thing to do and the only thing I could think to do, which was pr- producing more kindness. So for it now to have sort of, I guess, um, elevated kindness, that is, to the position that it is, it, it's a really exciting time for us as an organisation. Um, we had uh, like a really cool campaign. One of uh, an Australian cricketer, Moses on Reeds, and his wife actually pulled together a, a campaign called Cart Buddy on our behalf. So I was dealing with some family things at the time and couldn't contribute too much, which was a good thing, I think. Um, and so we had volunteers from all around the country, actually, sort of, um, volunteering to help the elderly or the immunocompromised um, and people who, I guess, couldn't really get out of their house in isolation and, and doing or running errands for them, such as groceries or filling scripts and things like that. So that was a really fantastic thing. And um, there's been an abundance of kindness throughout this period, which has been absolutely phenomenal. We, we actually reached our initial goal of reaching one million acts of kindness as well. So um, COVID actually helped us in that situation. I think there's a, a common... Whenever you see adversity or adverse situations like what we're currently in at the moment, There's always an opportunity for kindness um, or more of an opportunity for kindness, I guess. So people can empathize more easily with people, put themselves in in others' shoes and and I guess offer a hand to help when they normally may not have. So, um, yeah, while it's been a really tough time for the world, there's obviously been a real um, big push for kindness. And I think um, it's almost become a bit more of a priority for people, which has been really fantastic if nothing else has come out of this.
0: I know one of the things you've been working on, and, and you alluded to it before, um, but for for many months you've been looking at how do we, uh, for want of a better word, teach kindness or encourage kindness, uh, um, particularly with the next generation coming through, and a big focus has been on on building a curriculum around kindness. What how do you how do you teach kindness? Like when, how do you package that up? And well, what, I
1: guess that yeah, the best way for me to sort of um, look at what's going on in the world at the moment. So kids are born, no one's ever born to hate. We're never born with a genetic condition to hate another person, be it through the the colour of our skin or our sexuality or religion or whatever it may be. So somehow along the line we have to learn that somehow. So if we can learn to hate, why can 't we learn to also be kind, so teaching things that I guess mean what kind or add up to what kindness is so um, the inspiration for the curriculum sort of come about um, I guess with that in mind somewhat, but then also um, in that as you and I know we met um, through speaking opportunities and things like that. Um, I was sharing my story on really large stages all around the world, which was fantastic, and very much an accidental speaker didn 't mean to sort of fall into that. That line of work but really loved it and got quite lost in the corporate space of that in that i was inspiring adults to, to want to engage with kindness which is fantastic and and giving them hope i guess in situations where they may have seen themselves in adversity which was great but still felt quite lost as to why i was actually doing what i was doing so i'd get phone calls from teachers all around the world be it new york or brooklyn or darwin or wherever it was saying, you know, the kids really love what you're doing and they'd really love to hear from you or it would be in a really reactive state where very tragically a teacher would reach out and say, look, we've just lost a kid to suicide, for example. Can you come in and sort of cuddle the kids through it? And it would actually break my heart. It would be suicide or bullying, epidemics or whatever it was. And... I'd, I'd of course, drop everything that I was doing and and rush off to that school and do that, um, but would still leave that situation feeling quite baffled as to why it took a situation like that to happen in order for me to go and do that. So at the end of those conversations or those days in schools, teachers would sort of say, look, you've just created an amazing legacy here. You're going to leave, though. What could you potentially leave us with as educators and inspirations to these kids so that we could continue the legacy that you just created? So... I ended up um, speaking um, with Kaplan or at Kaplan Australia and their MD, Rob Reagan, who's an incredibly generous man, just sort of said to me, look, um, there's got to be a way that we could help more. We have access to some of the brightest minds in the country and professors and researchers and things like that. Is there anything that they could potentially help with? And I said, well, yeah, just so happens that we'd really love to be able to get this embedded into school systems via a curriculum. So worked with those guys and um, it was an 18-month process to sort of really... I guess, iron out what what that looked like. So how we did that was, I guess, um, in my own mind, I said, well, um, there's 12, 13 years of schooling. What if we were to break kindness into 13 pieces? What would that look like? And so themes of collaboration and empathy and gratitude and honesty, for example, came up and we just started to research those components of kindness um, and that's what we sort of come up with, 12 attributes of kindness that can be taught to, I guess, anyone in the world but it's at the moment linked to the Australian curriculum, um, so it can be taught by maths and science and English and all those sorts of things um, and it's a really easy to read platform. So when COVID struck, we fast-tracked the the program and the platform so that it could be rolled out while people were in isolation so that if parents wanted resources for their kids and even if kids had heard about it, they could go on and, I guess, explore the activities by themselves. Um, But it's very much designed for teachers at this point in time so they can link it back to the curriculum and have an activities-based worksheet um, to take them through the exercises. So, um, yeah, we've been busy. It's certainly, um, I mean, anyone who knows my story and where I've come from, to be in the education space um, it would have been laughable a few years ago because I wasn't the most studious of kids. I really only really cared about cricket when I was being educated myself through the school system. So um, to be able to do this has been, yeah, absolutely amazing. And I still sort of pinch myself that I've been able to sort of be a part of that as well.
0: No doubt there's been many lessons for you along the way. And I love that story almost from the cricket pitch it was much more exciting than the curriculum. <laughs> sure and yet that probably affords you this ability to go how do we make it really practical how do you make it really accessible for for those kids who might be more interested in being out in the oval than than in a classroom as well you talk about those 12 um kind of qualities that you you know i guess unpacked that that sit behind what it means to be kind and and i think it's um i think it's critical to do that for because we can talk about kindness but i think every everyone's version of what that means Uh, is it an act is it a the way that we talk is it letting someone in a line is it you know those big uh, gestures or um, you know long-term kind of acts you know it's it's all of the above and so it can be when you actually go well what does it mean to be kind and actually put it under a microscope Um, I imagine that that was pretty kind of you know difficult can you talk through some of those those 12 attributes that uh, that you've landed on?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think um, how they sort of come about it was actually a, a really brilliant mind who I've become quite close with now. His, his name is James, uh, I don't know how to pronounce it, Adepinopoulos, a Greek sort of heritage name, uh, from Kaplan. And him and I got in some really in-depth and thought-provoking and really philosophical conversations at the, in the beginning of this. and. I guess I, um, when I founded Kindness Factory, I wanted it to be more about others and less about me. So um, while my story has meant everything to me and it's where I've come from and it's almost my backbone and gives me that guiding light and pulse as to how I want to act and be and all those sorts of things, I very much recognised that this needs to be bigger than, than one person um, and that being me. So the curriculum, I didn't really want it centred or focused around me or my story um, for that reason because it needed to be bigger than me. Um, What's funny about that is that we would go or link these attributes back to my story in certain way, so things like perspective, when I was in a rehab environment, I learnt a lot about that when I was sort of seated next to an 80-year-old war veteran, for example, and prior to those moments, I hadn't really experienced perspective. Again, as we sort of alluded to, all I really cared about in my school years was hitting a ball around the park and playing cricket, so we started to explore these themes, and they meant a lot to me because they'd been part of who I, I guess they'd been part of my story, so... Um, that's when I sort of it all started to make a little bit more sense to me and I'd always lean on James I guess and someone who I could get some honest feedback in as to say while this means a lot to me does it actually fit into what we're trying to achieve which is a kind of world through a generational change in kids and he would always sort of endorse that it did so I was quite I guess and at the start I was very apprehensive to be even part of the project plan of this. Um, I, knew, I knew that we could embed or this would be a Kindness Factory product which would allow me to be involved but from an academic standpoint um, certainly not something that I was I was experienced in whatsoever. So to be able to then contribute from a practical standpoint by adding those themes from my own life story was was a real thrill for me actually. Um, so while it doesn't represent my, my life story from an outward facing point of view um, the, the themes that have been explored in it have also been linked back strongly to them so that's been great and, and every time that we're able to I guess conceptualise what activities would look like um, as part of those 12 attributes so be it an empathy activity um, it was very much not aligned with my life story at all which then I guess made it teachable as well so that's been fantastic I mean um, even things like humour are in this right um, and you'd probably or some people would argue um, that humour wouldn't be a part of kindness. And I think it is, though. I think it also links into resilience as well. Um, And I think you and I have had lots of chats about this and you're someone who I um, admire greatly for the work that you do um, and always sort of um, appreciate your opinion as well. But... um, I think these themes, um, for example, are going to really re-identify or rediscover what kindness is or what it could look like. So for me, I think it needs to be redefined as not this fluffy and um, almost nice-to-have thing. I think it needs to be seen as the ultimate strength. So so for us, part of our mission has now almost become let's redefine what kindness is. It's the ultimate strength, it's courage, it's bravery, it's standing up for your beliefs in the face of unwavering, I guess, adversity and things like that. It's fortitude. So um, I think these things add into that very nicely and they add into a more resilient person as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I am with you. I think humour uh, breaks down fear. It can be the thing that, yeah. you know, in a moment can... Um, I guess almost awaken you to those thoughts or give you perspective. And I, you know, I think it's really, really important um, here when you were talking before about, you know, the schools that would ring you up, um, either through wanting to hear your story or through those tragic circumstances, I I guess I got a sense of there's only one of you. And as much as you drop everything to go and do that, like there'd be no doubt, potentially five, 10, 500 other schools at any one time that that message is really important and key. And and this um you know bullying and uh the thoughts of being really lonely uh, in amongst schools is we just know is on the rise, and how important that is, so um I love what this curriculum starts to do is it takes it away from you and allows it to be a bit more scalable by looking at these qualities what is it that your um you know that students would would get out of going through this process i'm thinking probably students teachers and then you know parents as well thinking in those three categories
1: Um, Yeah, it's a really interesting question, Um, and we piloted this last year in 2019 in 59 schools across the country, Um, and that was a really um, eye-opening experience for me. I I mean, I think kids just want that ability to feel seen, heard, and valued. I think Brene Brown, um, that's a quote of hers, and I think that's what kindness is. It's being, it's affording someone that opportunity to feel like they are a valued member of your community or um or your life really um and so to allow kids to feel seen heard and valued i think that's the most important thing that we can gift to them um, certainly from an adolescent standpoint we worked i probably won't name this school but we worked with a um i did a graduation ceremony it was back in 2016 for a, a high school um in sydney and it was incredible and there were some you know real really big burly um boys it was a low socioeconomic economic community and um they were incredible. At the end, they all wanted to cuddle and I gave them one and all those sorts of things and had some great chats with these kids. And as I was walking away, I said to the teacher who invited me there to share my story, I said, wow, what a, what an impressive group of young men. And she said to me, they are impressive and they are really good kids. And uh, She said, but you'll be alarmed to hear that of that group that's just graduated today, within four years, 50% of that group will have been incarcerated or will be in prison. And I, I don't know anyone who's ever been to prison um, and that's just that's privilege in itself I guess and that means that my life has been a lot better than others but that that absolutely floored me in that there was these kids with some huge amount of potential and 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 really decent people yet yeah, they'd leave that school environment where they were protected almost by society in some ways and had some great influ- influential teachers and, and people that would come in and share stories and all those sorts of things and they'd go out into the outside world and um, be it through parental influence or society or whatever it was they'd turn to drug dealing or whatever it was that they were getting up to that would, um, I guess, see them in prison. And I thought, well, this has just sort of got to stop. Um, And I went back to that school last year for a pilot, and one of it was actually an activity on perspective, and it was to a graduating year, so sort of 17-, 18-year-olds. And we did this activity on perspective, and it's it's from the curriculum. You can go to it. It's called um, the Lab Decoy. And at the end of it, half the class were in tears and there were these really tough sort of big guys Um, and I sort of had to pause and, you know, it's an emotional video, but for me, it didn't ever bring me to tears. And I said, what's brought this about, guys? Why has it brought up so much emotion? Please don't think that I'm afraid of the emotion. I think tears are good things, but can you explain to me why it's been so emotive for you? And and one of them sort of put his hand up and apparently is the shyest kid in the class and he said... I think I've always felt like I've been judged my entire life because of the behavior of my parents or whatever it may be. And, I think that's when I realised that this was going to be a really important thing that needed to reach as many school kids as possible as, and, and, and around the world as well. We've got some really incredible plans for this um, across borders and countries and things like that. But, um, yeah, those are the moments that really get me going and really, um, I guess, propel me into doing more and more and to, to get more people on board to reach even more kids. So, yeah, I think that's what they need
0: yeah and it's that sense of hope, like when you were describing the teacher telling you like fifty percent i I kind of put myself in the shoes of that teacher going that must feel so soul destroying and seeing the potential that you would have seen for a short period of time and they've they've worked with across you know their schooling schooling career um to yeah to want to demand and I think, if anything, you know, I mean, one of the things that COVID has taught us is just how remarkable our teachers are, um, with all the homeschooling <laughs> that parents have been doing as well. And I think teachers are just put in, in you know, their their roles and what they're asked to do. And I mean, in a lot of ways they're they're counsellors as well as educators as well as supporters as cheer squads and and have their own things that they're they're dealing with. So anything that can give them something to help students uh, and parents. You know, I can see that being a really remarkable part of it as well as what students are uh, getting out of it. What is some of the, the vision for this curriculum?
1: Yeah, uh, well, there's some really grand plans. So we've sort of got a really detailed project plan, which we're, we're not even halfway through, about a quarter way through that, in, and that's just in the launch phase of actually getting the curriculum live and online and make, making sure that it's, It's usable, I guess. Um, So, um, I guess the end goal would be a really highly interactive platform online where we could connect kids. Across the globe through kindness. So, dashboards and interactive workshops and things like that. But then also, um, I think kindness, and it's the Dalai Lama, isn't it, who said that kindness is the universal language that we can all speak, feel, and hear. So, um, or it's the, the language that the, the, the deaf can hear and the blind can see. So, um, I think it has the opportunity to break down barriers, kindness across the world. If we were to think of any of the societal issues that we have, be it um, terrorism or domestic violence, or gun violence or bullying or suicide even to a certain extent and we'll sort of thread a knitting needle of kindness through each of them, I think it would be the perfect remedy. So um, that's the grand plan for it and, and uh, you know, it's probably a five-year plan at this point in time, but um, I think it will, we'll pull it off, um, no doubt, and um, take steps towards doing that every day. So um, I think like even back to that, that point of of, of teachers as well, they've almost become these heroes for us in each school um, and champions of kindness in a school environment and I think they are the easiest demographic of people to, to convince that this is needed in school um, in school networks. I can't be um, quite obsessive last year in interviewing lots of different people who are, I guess, involved in the education system and teachers are a big part of that. And in interviewing them, and again, we learnt this through COVID that they are just champions of our kids, but I'd interview them and they are just phenomenal people they have so much on their plate I guess and gone are the days where you just need to have a degree in maths or science or education you now need to be psychologists almost and have really high EQ as well and and they face all these issues that kids are going through um, that are really emotional and they're not I guess technically equipped to deal with them yet they somehow manage to be able to do it so in designing the curriculum I didn't want it to be an additional thing that teachers had to do where they were sort of tasked with their day-to-day job of teaching and then also had an additional thing to add on top of it that's why it was really important that we could link it to the Australian curriculum so that it could be teachable in the way that they're already teaching and it didn't become another time pressure that they had to to balance as well so yeah, it's um, it's been, I've learnt so much in the process, but yeah, it's
0: been phenomenal. I mean, even that itself is remarkable. Just empathy for, for teachers because they don't have any more time, <laughs> but they believe <laughs> believe in the yeah. uh, in the process. I want to have a quick chat with you around the connection between kindness and grief, and grief and loss. You've, and again through your story, you've you've experienced grief, and sometimes that grief is around. Um, the loss of the goals that we had or the plan uh you know the and throughout COVID-19 I think there's been whether people use the language of it it's that loss of normal uh it's the loss of you know here we are at 2020 start of a new decade many people had plans for their businesses for their families for for their kids um that maybe had invested in travel plans big family holidays overseas that they might have planned for years and years and years and saved up for and all of that, it almost felt like overnight or within a week uh, disappeared and changed. What's, what have you seen, I guess, in this period, but also through your experience, sometimes when we have pain, it can be that reminder of previous pain, um, of the connection and role of, of kindness in, in the way that we navigate um, and just be okay, I guess, with that recognition of some of the loss and grief that, that people might be experiencing.
1: Yeah, cool. I hear from people lots uh like nearly every day from all around the world who have suffered things that we probably couldn't imagine suffering. So loss, for example, or adversities that we couldn't even comprehend. And it's been a really interesting exercise, I guess, for me to consider what every single person goes through every single day. Um, for me personally, when I was asked, to, this is how Kindness factory sort of come about, when I was asked to reflect back on my journey when I'd somewhat recovered, I guess, I don't think you ever fully recover from certain events, but when I was deemed, I guess, really safe and, um, and recovered from my experiences, I was asked, I was actually by my psychologist, who's an incredible woman. She said to me, Kath, out of interest, if you were to look back on your journey to date, last five years, you've suffered two broken backs, paraplegia, uh, you've lost your partner to suicide, It's it's incredible. Looking back, good, bad, ugly, indifferent, whatever it is, there's no judgment here. What is the one thing, if you had to name one thing, what is it that stands out? And for me, it was kindness. And I think that floored her. Um, and when I tell this to people, and people often, I guess, have an opinion on my life, and they sort of say, trauma, grief, and loss doesn't add up to kindness, Kath. I don't get why you're doing what you're doing. And my answer is pretty simple. I guess when you're in a wheelchair like I have been, and you can't reach a lift button, for example, when a random stranger can see that struggle and they walk past and they press that button for you like it meant nothing to their day because it really didn't, it's no effort whatsoever, yet it meant everything to yours. Those are the really small moments that stood out for me and I think um, kindness needs to be... There needs to be studies done on it, or something, and I and I hope to be able to do it in the future. But kindness can be real, like intrinsically linked to resilience, in my opinion. So when I was in those really low moments, there was always someone had always afforded me kindness, um, and it could have been the smallest thing, like pressing a lift button, which most people wouldn't see as an act of kindness, but I think it is. Um, and if we can, I guess, understand um, that that. Those moments can be really powerful to a person in need. I think that's when we can explore why it needs to be done more, if that makes sense. Um, Then, I I mean, back to the question of um, sometimes when you have been through experiences like trauma or whatever it was or loss or grief and then situations like the ones that we're in at the moment happen, we can automatically go back to this old thinking of, oh, I'm back in that place, for example, and all the work that I did to overcome those things in the first place are now redundant. And that is absolute BS in my opinion. I I, I think sometimes we need reminders, right? Uh, to remember where we came from and and how hard we fought to get out of that dark place. And just because experiences happen in the future um, and they happen every day in business, in work, in family, in life, um, it doesn't mean that we're back to that old being. It just means that we've hit a bump in the road and that we continue to progress. So um, kindness certainly makes that easier though, right? So um, and I think a good point to make there is kindness to self first and foremost. So if we're in a position like we are right now where things certainly aren't easy, what is it that you need right now? So put your oxygen mask on first before you help others. So right now I need to go for a walk or I need to pat my dog or I need to have a really good conversation with my kids or my husband or my wife or I might just need to have, a, have a, wash my hair in the shower for half an hour by myself and let that water run down my back and feel it. So what is it that you need? Kindness to self first and then kindness to other, others and it doesn't have to take or cost you a cent. Um, or take up too much time in your day as well. But I think it certainly helps in those situations.
0: I love that, um, you know, coming back to kindness of self then puts us in a position to be looking for um, and giving kindness kindness to others as well. We spoke uh, even before we jumped on mic and you alluded it to it before, the last two weeks um, and I'm hoping ongoing we are being asked to look at racism here in Australia. Uh, I know you spend um, a lot of your life and have in the US as well, and and there's a lot of pain and stories coming to the forefront. Where you know, as a society, as a you know, hum- humanity, we are being asked to to really question how the systems are uh, set up for um, those in privilege and and those in not that are not um, who don't, I guess, benefit from from the systems and you were saying that you know a lot of this has kind of felt really heavy um and important but also started to redefine for you what does what does kindness mean i guess i'm interested to um hear what you've what you've learned um because it's interesting when you start to put kindness under that microscope is is kindness you know just letting things go and being nice to everyone or is kindness about calling things out how do you be kind to maybe a family member or a friend who has said something that you think might be inappropriate or might be offensive for someone. Where have you, you know, how has that sat for you personally? Uh, and also where are you seeing some of that yeah, redefinition of, of what kindness is?
1: Yeah. I mean, my heart hurts. It really does. Like the last two weeks, um, And and I say that with all the privilege in the world, understanding that I'm a Caucasian woman who has really loving parents and an incredible family who have stood by me through anything. I was born into a a family that always provided for me. I never wanted or needed anything. And just because I have been through a lot in life doesn't mean that I'm not privileged. And I wanted to sort of preface, um, I guess, the answer to that by, by saying that and trying to, I guess, allow people to understand that as well. For us, we're a registered sort of charity here and in the US and I've, I've been really fortunate enough to, to speak to some of the most impressive minds in the world on topics like this one and um, I was sort of thrusted into it about two weeks ago into conversations via Zoom and all those sorts of things of some really big partners that we have over there so the likes of at and and all those sorts of things and um, it was almost like I was being pressured or Kindness Factory was being pressured to have a stance and to stand up and to speak on it. And to be honest, I I didn't feel like we needed to respond almost immediately. I think sometimes when there's big issues like this, um, we need time to consider and to think about what the best approach is and how do we become a part of the solution rather than being a part of the problem. And um, for me, I've been thinking on this and speaking to all the people that I I feel I could um, up until this point. And I keep coming back to I think this is a humanity issue. While there's race involved um, or it's, it, it is perceived and, and seen as a big race issue and there's a lot of work to be done in, in creating justice and fairness and all the things, that I guess, contribute towards what I believe kindness is, um, I feel like at the end of the day our mum and dad used to say it to us is that, you know, treat people how you want to be treated. So I think it starts with empathy. So understanding it certainly as a Caucasian or white person that I come from privilege, that I'll never understand well I'll try I I can I'll understand I understand that I'll never actually understand what you have gone through where you've been where you're going to for example and I think that's where it needs to start um and I think empathy is going to be a huge part to trying to resolve what's going on around the world at the moment um i.e putting yourselves in the shoes of others um that you may not be able to understand but you need to just do it anyway
0: and know that you know I I know for myself, and I appreciate you calling out. I, I we we both sit here as white females <laughs> sitting in a, in Australia with a huge amount of privilege and and ignorance um, that I can only put my hand up for that. I I don't know uh, what that experience like, and so part of empathy is that that curiosity of being wrong and the yeah. assumptions that I might have made or the things that I might have uh, thought may not be true at all and that there's a different kind of perspective on, on that. So I love that sense of just starting with, with empathy. What, what might it be like? And, and if I, if I assume something to like, yeah, show, show me where that, that gap might be. Um, we mentioned before around that, you know, the strength of, of kindness where, um, you know, how important is it to stand up for something and when is that being kind and when is that being unkind?
1: I No, I don't, I don't think it could ever be unkind, standing up for your beliefs, um, so long as it's done with a lens of empathy and perspective, I'd say, I'd preface that with. So, um I, I mean, yeah, I think I alluded or mentioned earlier that part of our mission's almost become, and it was very accidental how this happened, is, is redefining what kindness is. So, Having tough conversations. So I think nice is steering away from trying to offend someone, for example, whereas kind is allowing or giving them an opportunity to understand where you're coming from. Um, I think it needs to be done um, while there's a lot going on in the world there's a lot of shouting and screaming through protests, and I think they're very much needed and things like that. I think some of these conversations need to ha- have come from a place of understanding. So two people coming together, one being black or of different colour and one being white, for example, and there being no judgement or being, I guess, allowing yourself to come into a room with no judgement where some that both parties can sort of explore what's actually going on and there can be that understanding and empathy had. Um, and I think it needs to be done in a very mindful way.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's that presence and, and openness uh, that, that starts with that curiosity. Um, but I certainly... You know, I think that that redefinition that, um, and even by going through the curriculum and getting those qualities, is that kindness isn't this soft, fluffy thing that's off to the side. It, it can be the hardest thing. It's the, it's the you know teenager at school that stands up to the bully or says, "Go, no, 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 this is not okay." It's the, it's the you know the adult who goes. I want to find out more rather than just assume um, it's the strength that, that sits behind that. You've, talk, you've spoken about vision for this curriculum and I know you've got a massive vision for the Kindness Factory and um, as we've, we've said, I almost feel like, you know, uh, those conversations and the importance of kindness as we go through things that are hard and we're going to continue to go through things that are hard. Here in Australia, um, for a period of time, as it's now been announced, we're in a recession, and and there will be impacts on on you know groups of people. Whilst restrictions are starting to lift, there are still significant restrictions as international travel um, is still off the cards for a period of time. There's still pain to come. If you were rather than the big vision between now and the end of 2020 what are some of the changes that you would love to see um, for schools, but also, you know, in the way that people connect with with kindness?
1: Well, oh, a really good question. I haven't really thought too much on it. I think I, the world's obviously changed, doesn't it, in a very big way, and I don't think um, that we're going to go back to the usual operating model, um, certainly. I think, um, you know, that there will be a lot of change and change is always difficult and hard to manage. I, I think for me... It really just comes, I think I say it in a lot of, of the work that I do or in, in the, missions that I, the messages that I, I sort of give out, I, I'd just like us to approach each other and the world, the planet, animals, whoever it is that we're dealing with, with compassion and respect. Um, and I think, you know, the first em- the first um, attribute that we explored from a curriculum standpoint was trust. I don't think anything anything can happen. come from a good place without that trust so um, I think part of that forms yeah certainly respect for for people who have come before us and where they're going and where they may have come from um, and also empathy as well so I'd love us to be able to approach each other um, and the planet with a little bit more curiosity um, so that we can allow for that trust and with no judgment whatsoever and I think um, for me it's been probably the one nice thing that's come out of this is it slowed us a lot of us down. So I think a lot of the time, and I, I'm very guilty of this in the way that I normally live my life in that it's spent in an airport lounge or in a, a queue for a plane or something like that. And I think it, what that's allowed for is a lot of thought and process to sort of go on and happen. And it's also allowed us to go, what, what is my life about? And, and am I happy? Am I doing all the things that ultimately make me proud. If I was to look back when I'm 80 years old and, um, you know, I'm I'm on my last sort of days on this earth and I'm to look back, am I proud of the person that I am right now? If I was to look back on that experience that everyone will remember as COVID-19, am I proud of the things that I did during that time? And that could have just been that you needed to slow down and that's all you did, um, which then allowed you to become or do something different post this time. But, um, yeah, I, I think yeah back to the question again I sort of always get sidetracked but yeah for me to be nice that we just explore each other and the planet with a little bit more curiosity
0: sidetrack is perfect by the way that's, <laughs> that's a point of podcast <laughs> yeah. so someone's listening um, they might be a parent they might be a teacher or they might be someone who goes hey I want to help uh, bring this curriculum to life where can they go and what can they do
1: Yeah, awesome. Yeah, I'd love anyone to sort of jump on. It's a completely free resource, by the way, as well. So anyone is very welcome to explore. We'd love you to sign up to get the the newsletters and things like that so you can stay up to date with content. But, I mean, if you wanted to learn more about me and my story, obviously it's kindnessfactory.com where you can find any of the information that you need there. But um, for the curriculum itself, which is our biggest priority and our number one priority of education, um, it's just www.thekindnesscurriculum.com or you can get links on the Kindness Factory website as well. Um, And, yeah, you'll find all the information that you need there. We've got some incredibly ambassadors involved that helped us roll out the content, be it through story time and also teaching some of the learnings that they felt through experiencing some of the content as well. So, yeah, click on through um, and you'll find anything that you need there completely free. Um, we'd love for schools to champion this. So rather than it being a, a teacher approach, like a single teacher approach, we'd love for schools to come on board um, and be a kind school, a registered client school as well. So they're the links that you can go to. But, yeah, and, and we're after constructive feedback. So we've just said that kindness is, I guess, um, having hard conversations. So if you don't like something on the site, let us know. We we know that it's not perfect and it never will be. So um, after good, bad, ugly feedback, whatever you can give us.
0: Just be kind. (laughs) But I think that's part of the collaboration and the growth the next phase as well if people are saying, hey, maybe we could do this or put that in another direction. It's extraordinary that it's free, that this is. uh, How how has that been? How have you been able to make that happen?
1: Well, a lot of people don't call it uh, extraordinary. They call it quite stupid. (laughs) But, um, well, I I think it needs to be free, right? I didn't want to preclude any demographic of people from not being able to access it. Um, and that was the brilliant thing about working with Kaplan is that they were completely on board with our our mission and what we wanted to achieve and. and for us, it comes back to generational change, so um, I wanted to see as much kindness as possible and that's what Kindness Factory is all about and I can, this, this content is very relevant to adults. Adults are sort of going on and they're learning about themselves and the world in the process as well, which has been fantastic, but for me, it, it always had to start with kids so that if they grow on the foundation and have the building blocks of kindness embedded throughout that system as they're growing, then they then go into corporate environments and then they make that environment kinder and so forth, so um, that's what we're hoping for generational change and how it all works is just through an incredible generous company in Kaplan Australia who allowed us to share that content as far and wide as possible
0: so yeah it's there there's no no barriers to entry uh it's an opportunity to to grab into it Kath it's been such a delight to connect with you again and I reckon we'll have you back at some yeah, point yeah
1: <laughs> I love, that. love you so much no, it's, so, yeah, no,
0: it's, it's awesome to kind of connect with you and I feel like we have these kind of really amazing kind of hard important key conversations that, and message to keep getting out there for sure I'm going to wrap with the same question I, I finished last time it's called stand out life what does that mean to you
1: I think it just lives uh, it means living true to who you are living authentic, authentically um, and organically as well and, yeah, I think that's where I'll stop with that one
0: beautiful um, I'm excited to see what's next in terms of that curriculum the impact it's extraordinary um, and I love that in amongst all the change that COVID-19 has brought that it, it's it's uh, skyrocketed this and uh put this on on steroids um out out there so we'll definitely put all the links in there and thanks so much Kath. amazing thank you Thank you so much for tuning in to today's amazing episode. These are episodes that I want to continue to bring to the world because I believe everyone has a story to share and that we can learn and grow by diving into these stories. Now, if you have gotten something out of today's episode or any of the episodes from the Standout Life podcast series, then it's highly likely that you know someone else who would get something from these episodes as well. So my ask to you, is to please share the series, send someone today a link, subscribe, rate and review. And by doing that, this podcast starts to pop and be seen by others around the world and we can continue to expand the people, the conversations and the insights that we share together.